Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we have started discussing chapter 9, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhya Yoga, Yoga, Royal Knowledge and Royal Sikh. In last two chapters, we have learned the nature of the Supreme Reality. We learned that the manifest Prakriti is supreme manifesting in its eightfold manifestation, which covers everything in this universe. So the Supreme is all-pervading and manifest as this Eightfold Prakriti. Five great elements, mind, intellect, and ahankar, the ego. So if you take that, it covers everything that we can think of in this pluralistic world. There also I can find in my own self, the five great elements, mind, intellect, and ahankar. So as the Vedanta, yat pinde tad brahmande. That which is at my micro level is also at the cosmic level. So we know that when the creator is active, which we have learned as Brahmaji's day, then this world of manifest Prakriti comes into being as multiple beings. So my individual mind makes my world of emotions the collectively, the minds of all the beings in the universe create cosmic mind. My individual intellect creates the world of my ideas. Collectively, all the intellects of all the beings in the entire universe create cosmic intellect. These two combined with the cosmic identification, ahankar, my ahankar, my identification with me, your identification with you, it collectively the identifications of all the beings in the entire universe creates the cause for this universe, the complete identification of the cosmic level, which is we also call Hiranyagarbha, the golden embryo, the cause for this manifest universe to come into being. When I go to sleep, my ideas, my emotions are in dormant condition. When I wake up, the same world of my ideas and emotions and the world of beings come into being during the daytime. Same with the cosmic day is when the manifest Prakriti is available. But Bhagavan said during the Brahmaji's night, the same manifest Prakriti goes into unmanifest state. Just as my ideas and emotions go into unmanifest state, when I wake up again, I start all over again. Same with the cosmic mind, intellect and ego during the Brahmaji's day come into being. So now there's two aspects of this manifest world. One is the manifest which you and I can identify. One is unmanifest but in a dormant state. 
same ideas, same emotions, same identifications. So Bhagavan said the two aspects of the Prakriti, one is manifest, the unmanifest. During the Brahmaji's day it's manifest, during Brahmaji's night is unmanifest. But then he said there is something higher than this unmanifest ideas and emotions and thoughts and identification, which make the substratum for those ideas, emotions and thoughts and the world of matter. He said, that's me, the Supreme Being. Now what is the nature of the Supreme is we learned in last chapter, it does not get tainted by any of these ideas, emotions and thoughts. And still after learning that, we have not yet found our relationship. From that unmanifest which does not get tainted to the unmanifest which is in a dormant state or in a manifest state. And as I said, that which is at my micro level is also at the cosmic level and that which is true at the cosmic level is also true at my micro level. So even now, I do have this royal secret of who I am and what is my relationship with that supreme entity which manifests it remains unmanifest and also remains completely unchanged. So, this chapter, Bhagavan says that I will tell you about that. I will tell you this royal secret, the king of all the secrets. King of all the secrets, something which is very close to me. My own self, which I identify as I all the time, but cannot figure out what it is. That's the royal secret. And he said, the royal knowledge is that reveals that secret to me is the royal knowledge, the king of all knowledge. Once I know that, there is no other knowledge that needs to be known. Because all other knowledges which I am trying to pursue in my life is to find happiness, to get rid of unhappiness, sorrows, limitedness. Once I get out of those things, no other knowledge is required. And Bhagavan said in the first three verses that this is very easy knowledge actually. He said, well, all these things you have learned so far, we have come to the conclusion it's for the yogis, not for me. We learned the whole chapter of chapter 6, meditation, and in the end came to what conclusion? We can do it. It's for others. In Himalayan caves, and not for us. So now Bhagavan said, I'm going to give you a secret in knowledge, which is very easy. You don't have to practice anything. You don't want to do any yoga, no japa, nothing. You just need to know what it is. Once to know it, none of these things are required. Not really of any value to you. So, Bhagavan said, what it is? What did he say? You have to contemplate upon what? Maya tatam idam sarvam jagat avyakta murtina. Next two verses are for you to contemplate on. If you contemplate on it and come to the conclusion that you understood, you got it. But once you don't need to anything else, you're done. Once you figure that out, what is the nature of the Supreme and what is my relationship with Him? No other practice is necessary. No other religion is necessary. No other striving is necessary. 
This is Maya Tatam Idam Sarvam Jagat Avyakta Murtina. Somewhat similar to what we have learned before, he said, the entire Jagat is pervaded by me in my unmanifest form. I can see everything, I can relate to everything, but I can't find what is the basis of this universe. And Bhagavan said, that's me. In my unmanifest form, if you try to find me through your sciences, you will not find me. Because it's unmanifest. Matthani Sarvabhutani. All beings are residing in me. They are only there because of me. Nachaham Tesu Avasthitaha, but I am not in them. We have learned that before. In chapter 7, verse 12, Bhagavan says, Tesu Aham Nachate Mai. You see, they are in me, I am not in them. Now that's somewhat easier to understand. So Bhagavan said, Matthani Sarvabhutani. Every being is within me. They exist because I exist. If I don't exist, they don't exist. Nacha aham tesu avasthita. This is where we have difficulty. He said, but I am not in them. All my life I have learned from all the religions I have followed within my own or somebody else's says, Bhagwan is within you. Bhagwan is in your heart. And now Bhagavan says, I'm not there, please. Don't jail me in your heart. You know, I'm not there. So that is something we have to contemplate upon. So first thing he said is, I'm in this entire universe in unmanifest form. That means there is not a single entity in this world where he is not there. At the same time, he said, everything is in me, but I'm not in them. So the conundrum to understand, we have to take an analogy and we take our standard analogy of space, space can say that I am all-pervading. There is not a single square inch of this universe we can think of. There is no space. Space is all-pervading. The space can also say that everything is within me. All the other spaces which we have identified as room space, outer space, inner space, all the spaces are within me. This room space is within the universal space. That's simple. If there was no space here, I couldn't have built this building. But now the space, I'm not in them. I'm not in the room space. So room space is in the space, universal space. This space was always here. We never had to import it from Hanover County. It was always here. Therefore, we could build a building and create a room space. Now, room space is here because the space is available here. But now that space says, the room space is in me, but I am not in the room space. Well, how can that be? So, the only way we can understand is, the limitations of the room space is not in the universal space. Everything that you identify as room space is nothing but its own limitations. Everything that I identify as myself is nothing but my limitations. My body, my mind, my intellect. I'm not tall enough. I'm not, not smart enough. All these things are my limitations. But Bhagavan said, that's not in me. That self which makes myself possible. I cannot have this limited self as me possible without the supreme self which is all pervading. But my limitations, 
are not in him. They are not of fact. So therefore he says, Matsthani Sarvabhutani Nachaham Teham Avasthita. I am not residing in them. They are residing in me. Once he resides in me, I don't remain. I become all-pervading. So therefore Bhagavan said that there is a conundrum. I am not divided into this being. Our understanding right now is it is myself, yourself, himself, herself. They're all divided. I have nothing to do with yourself, yourself nothing to myself. No matter what happens to you, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. That's not true. Everything happens to anything in this universe affecting you. Because you are nothing but manifestation of the same continuous entity. So the next verse says, Nacha matsthani bhutani pasyame yogam aishwaram. How is that possible? He said it is possible. Why? Because nor do the beings reside in me. Even the beings are also not in me. The space can say, I am space all pervading. All the other spaces are within me. But in reality even they are not in me. So you really have to contemplate on this contradiction. Philosophical ideas, as we have learned from all philosophies, can only be explained by contradiction. Because there is nothing which is very simple to say this is what it is, otherwise it becomes a natural other science. In chemistry I can say H2O is water. But in quantum physics, you cannot even decide where the particle's position is. You say it depends on the observer. So, it says, Nacha Mastani Bhutani. Even beings are not in me. They are not there, period. You think they are there. But they are not there. I think I exist as a limited being. In reality, Bhagavan said, it is Pasyame Yogam Aishwaram. Behold my divine yoga. We have learned how the Prakriti comes into existence. Prakriti has three gunas. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. When this Sattva, Rajas and Tamas interacting with each other, that's where that upheaval starts, imbalance starts, and the manifest world comes into being. When those are in a complete state of equilibrium, then Vishnu is sleeping in the Kshira Samudra. The Creator is in a deep sleep because these gunas are in equilibrium. No any kind of disturbance in it. But when these things are interacting with each other, it creates the appearance of the world of plurality. So Bhagavan says that's my, my yoga maya. That's my maya. Which maya has these three aspects of sattva, rajas and tamas, which makes this manifest prakriti. That maya is something like magic. Somebody makes something appear which is not there. But in my perception it exists. And therefore it is relationship-less relationship. So my relationship to my maker is that of a relationship-less relation. I will never be him as long as I remain I. He will never be me as long as I don't make a connection with him. But he said, he never changed to be him. It is my responsibility, if I want to get out of my limitation, is to recognize him. Nacha this beings are not in me. 
I have never created a situation where I become many. So we have seen that a creation can come into existence by transformation. And we have learned before, transformation can take place in various ways. One is the, from milk to yogurt, which is a permanent transformation. It was milk, now it is yogurt. I can go back to get some milk out of it. Permanent transformation. So he can say, as a supreme being, a supreme, then I became this prakriti. And the transformation was complete. He can never go back and become supreme again. We recognize from our own inquiry that that's not possible because he remains in control of this prakriti. Prakriti has laws. They're enforced without any exception. Therefore, he remains who he is in control of the prakriti. So the next transformation we have discussed before is like the ice and water. Ice can be ice, but can melt and become water. That same water can become ice again. It can go back and forth. Maybe Bhagwan was supreme, became prakriti, so you become manifest, unmanifest, manifest, unmanifest. It's even that's not possible. He remains in control of the manifest world, is unmanifest. Because there are laws in nature, and he controls those laws. The, there is no exception. Even you may be the most powerful person, but cannot get out of natural laws. So even that's not possible, because ice and water do not exist at the same time. So what is it that makes that existence possible both manifest and manifest at the same time so when there is an illusion when something I see which is not there then only the, it exists in two different states classical examples of ghost and post snake and rope ghost and post remain in existence at the same time one who has a knowledge of the post he sees post one is afraid of the ghost, he sees ghost. Both remain existing at the same time. Same thing with snake and rope. One is knowledgeable, sees the rope. One who is confused, deluded, he sees snake. Snake is not possible without the rope. Snake is only possible because of the rope. So the rope can say, the snake exists in me. Without me, snake is not possible. But he said, I am not in the snake. I never became the snake to frighten people. But snake is snake when somebody perceives it as snake. This world of plurality remains world of plurality as long as I perceive it as world of plurality. When I see the singularity, the world of plurality disappears. Bhuta bhunnat bhutastha mamatma bhuta bhavanaha. But not dwelling in them myself. I become the cause of them being. Even though I'm not creating anything, just by this yoga maya, it gives an appearance of the world of plurality. So that word, I become the cause of all the beings. All the beings are only possible because I exist in the perception of the, the, the people who cannot see the singularity. Yatha akasa sthito so now we have seen the two contradictory statements from him. One he said, in the previous verse he said that they are all in me, but I am not in them. 
Then you come back and say, even they are not in me. You say, now you go and figure out yourself. That's your homework. Okay. Bhagavan has made a statement. You want to know what's your relationship with, with your creator. Here is your relationship. You are in him, but he is not in you. And then he says, even you are not in me. You figure out now. Go and think about it. What's your relationship with him? As we said, the Bhagavan, when he created this universe, the only material available to him was his own self. There was no other material available, because otherwise he becomes limited. Now, if he created this universe out of his self, what is my relationship? How far is myself from his self? Not different at all. But then why I can't recognize it? But once you figure it out, that's your quest in your life. Your whole life journey is to figure that out. So to give us analogy which we can understand, he said, Yatha akasasthito nityam vayuhu sarvatrago mahan. The great vayu, the air which is moving all over the place, because it has its own strength, so it can be very easily going with a breeze, or it can be a thunderstorm, or it can be a hurricane. It can move all over the place and nothing can stop it. But it only can move around in space only. If there is no space, there is no air. In our perception, we cannot perceive space, but we can feel air. Because the air can touch. I cannot see it, but I can feel it. So the space is subtler than air. So therefore air I can perceive, space I cannot. Space I can only perceive by its own limitations. I can perceive the room space. To perceive universal space minus universe is not possible. So Bhagavan said that just as the air is moving in this space, which is all-pervading, tatha sarvani bhutani matsthani iti upadharaya. In the same way, just as space which is all-pervading, I cannot see, I cannot feel, but I can feel the air which is moving all over. That is only possible because the space is possible. So the same way all the beings are only possible within the all-pervasiveness of the Supreme Being. That we will stop. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo